Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. See next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. I have a challenge for you. Oh, no. Today, when we're recording this, no. February 17th, 2021, is our 14-year anniversary of being together. Blah. I will never mind. No, tell me what. I was going to say, let's try to not be mean to each other once on this podcast. <laughs> and you I'm already were before I even said anything. I'll win. Starting now. Starting right now. Starting right now. We're just nice to each other. Okay, what's, what's the wager? It's the shortest episode ever. What's the bet? The wager? No, it's just it's just a gentleman's agreement. You're not a gentleman. It's just a, <laughs> ge- a gentle person's... No, like you're not a man is what I mean. What's, what's the phrase for a lady? A lady? A gentle lady, a gentle Just a person. Lady. Just we're gentle. We're we are gentle people. Um, we're something, all right. That kind of counts. No, that was for both of us. I don't know. Something. We'll it's see. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, you, well, you're gonna do something if I win or if you win? That's ridiculous. You have to lay out the terms of the agreement at the beginning, not at the end. So, it could just be for fun. So, no, 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 I like this. So, if one of us fails, then the other person wins, and that person gets a a mulligan. And by that I mean, when we draw something out of the box, okay, we can put it back okay. one time only. If we both make it through the whole podcast, we both win. We both we both get a mulligan. What if we both lose? No, as soon as one person messes up, then it's then the agreement is. No, done. I think that no, 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 no. has to be nice. No, forget that because that's ridiculous. No. All right. So, Does it count if I fall asleep in the middle of the podcast? Yes. As what? That ex- is it's extremely rude. To and who? To everybody. My me, the audience. Are you sure? Positive. Okay. Sit up, I am please. Up. I'm fine. And be engaged in the conversation we're about to have. On our 14 years of being together. Which, uh... It's we've been, been fun, kid. Yeah. We've been married eight of them this in a few weeks. You had to do that it's math getting, real quick in it's your head, my, huh? I, I barely know my fucking age anymore <laughs> is the problem. Yeah, because uh, weren't you telling me earlier about something you wanted to do when you were 40 and that's only in six years? Yeah. Yeah, that's correct. And <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, now we have this podcast. Uh, we're married. We have a big movie collection. We talk about our lives and we have fun. But yeah, it's been. And typically, we are court- mean to each other on this show. But I guess if you're new here, you'll uh, you'll see the rare side of the mullets where we're actually really nice to this each other. This 25 minute podcast right, is going right. to being. No, yeah. I have a lot of things to, to talk about. Oh, oh, as do I. Episode. I'm going to be mean about this podcast. Rather, I'm going to take out all my aggression on this episode on this movie. Rather so, than on you. So we're coming back from uh, a, a little vacay in Miami, um, seeing your family and celebrating Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't do much, but still had fun. Had a lot of yummy food. Yummy food. Mm-hmm. Hung out. I uh, got some pictures. Played some uh, games. For Jillian. Played games. Mm-hmm. Had a good time. We haven't watched anything, right, since the last time we recorded. I will have something to report. I'll, I should have uh, hopefully two Movies to report next time uh, we record, mm-hmm. which next time we were going to record is going to be next week, and it's going to be our Mullet Award winners whoop, whoop. 
Thank you guys so much for the uh, the, the good turnout. The support. But we, we still have a couple ties. We still break have, them ties. So we still have time to vote for my stuff. To uh, to wrap that up. Oh, so I almost, wrap it up. I almost already told you to, to, to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying vote for my stuff, and I was like, I was gonna be like, shut up, but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. But um, you just. No, I was I was saying like I was like expressing how hard it is. To, you but know. you still kind of still said it. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Um, what? I don't so uh, the deadline to get your votes in is going to be Monday. I almost said April because thinking of our wedding anniversary. Uh, Monday, February twenty second. Yes, the twenty second at like six p.m. <laughs> Eastern time. What? <laughs> Sorry, took took in my candy. I'm going to make this really hard for you. Oh, my God. Why did I... Like, if you start choking and dying, like, I'm sorry. Well, it's fine. You'll be dead. You won't have the mulligan. So I'll just start roasting the shit out of you. Just because it's hilarious. So yeah, so nothing much to report. We kept watching WandaVision. Um, I started watching the second season of Harley Quinn because now we got the HBO Max hookup. Shout out to the Reals. Appreciate that. So we'll, we're also going to start watching some of those. Um, well, really, we're just going to be watching Judas and the Black Messiah at some point because I'm not going to watch Tom and Jerry. I'm not going to watch Godzilla vs. Kong because I haven't watched the other ones. And uh, we're probably not going to have time to watch the little things and I really don't even want to watch it anymore because it's supposed to be bad. That was scary. I also got new glasses. For those of you who know me in real life, or in person, like I mean, people who listen to me on the show are real life. If you listen, if you know me on social media, Jam with Your Sam, or uh, in person, you know that I always wear contacts. I'm blind as a bat, but I always wear contacts. You really will see me in glasses. Because um, I've had the same pair of glasses since I was about 14 years old. Um, so it's about time for some grown-up eyewear here. How hard I bit myself. Oh my god, Chris, you have such a bad indentation. Is it really that difficult to be nice to me? Um, so I have actual glasses. So I, I'm still trying to get used to them. I just picked them up today. I'm trying to get you some because they're different prescription than my contacts were. Um, I was a bit overcorrected on my contacts. So, uh, I was made for this competition. I'll tell you what. That's all I have to share. Fantastic. What do you think of my glasses? I like them. I like them a lot. It's good to see you in something new. I didn't know you had them that long, the other ones. That's like 20 years you had those glasses. Yeah, yeah. I've had them forever. Yeah, time for a change, and you look good. Oh, well, no. Actually, I had a wire pair when I... My first pair was a wire pair. I think I got those before I went to college. But I never wear them. Uh, in, except in extreme circumstances. They're also like three prescriptions old, so I can't see when I wear them really either. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. I'm excited for this. Excellent. What I'm also excited for, not excited for, is talk about this movie. Let's get to it. Yeah, so we watched The Fan, a random movie out <coughs> of the box. Uh, Tony Scott-directed film with Robert De Niro and Wesley Snipes from 1995. Oh, yeah, you can tell. Samantha, go ahead. <laughs> you can tell. You can tell. Go ahead and uh, read <laughs> The The Fan. Movie. All fans have a favorite player. This one has a favorite target. And just forgive me if I take a minute because I'm getting used to reading up close with these. Because mm. I haven't done that yet. Unforgettable, says Scott Patrick, WUSA TV. Whew. That's my favorite channel. When the San Francisco Giants play... That's one. That's center one. fielder, <laughs> pay center fielder Bobby Rayburn, Wesley Snipes, $40 million to lead their team to the World Series. No one is happier or more supportive 
the number one fan, Gil Renard, Robert De Niro. So when Rayburn becomes mired in the worst slump of his career, the obsessed Renard stops at nothing to help his idol regain his former glory. Not even murder. Oh, is that a typo here? They didn't capitalize world in World Series, the proper noun? <laughs> they capitalized series, but not World yeah. Series. So that's one. Dang it. In our uh, trek to our final reading challenge for episode 350, which I believe we only have about eight, 17, 18 episodes left, and you are down, what, Five. four? Five? Five. Which means we are well on the way to seeing the Marine film franchise, and I will have avoided the underwear, under, the underwear franchise. Yeah, that counts. That <laughs> count. counts. So I'd seen this movie once Oof. back in high school. Man. It was a cable movie. Uh, yeah, just, yeah, was it? It turned on. So, so, oh, so, 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 yeah, we got it. We got to let you in on a little, so little secret. Little so secret. We put the movie in. Well, one of the rules of our podcast is we have to own the movie physically either the physically movie. or digital streaming copy in order to watch it for the show. Go on. Oh, so. <laughs> Um, so we put the, the DVD in, because I bought this for $9 at, like, some used store, you know, at some s- stupid point in my life, and, uh, the, like, the aspect ratio was, like, totally off, like, it was, like, not full screen, it was, like, weird widescreen, it was, like, a box, I was like, I can't watch this, it's, like, half the screen, so I tried to see where it was available on streaming, the only place it was was on demand on Pluto TV, so we put it, pull, pulled it up on Pluto TV. Which we have Pluto TV. If you've yeah. listened to other episodes, you know we watch the net, the MTV Next channel. Yeah. Having, seems I, like I haven't really got into a lot of like the on-demand stuff. It has a pretty good on-demand yeah. library. Well, has a good selection. It's free. It's Pluto TV's a shit. Um, so it sold like the commercials in it. Right, and we had to cross-reference the DVD to make sure we didn't miss a scene because we weren't sure. We weren't sure if it was being it was being edited. But also because the film is so, sh- not, I was, I'm going to say shoddily, but that's wrong. It's, so, it, it just jumps around a lot. It's so jumpy and haphazard and the that from one scene to poor. another, you're like, the did editing we miss something poor. or is, it just par- mm-hmm. is this just the scene that we're in now? Mm-hmm. So it was a cable movie I saw when like I was in high school and I was like, oh, this seems, you know, your stupid opinions in high school. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is fun. Mm-hmm. So when I saw it in a used store i think i'd seen it on like some like sports movie list or something it was probably uh, worse sports movies because this isn't very good well i was just shocked that i had so many notes so i do not remember uh ha- taking this many notes you, so you so you had not seen this before i've never seen this movie before did you enjoy this movie so this movie to me was a cross between what's the name of this movie the fan. This the fan was a cross between the fanatic and the king of comedy. It was sure. like fusing those two together. Which is funny. Last night I, I had a long talk with former guests of the show and my best friend Andrew Zangry, and I was like, it, we ran over because we it took us an extra like twenty minutes to watch the movie with the commercials on Pluto TV. And I said, sorry, I was watching the fan, and he was like, oh, that's that Patton Oswalt movie. I'm like, no, it's a big fan. He's like, oh, right, right, the, 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 the Travolta movie you watched. I'm like, no, that's The Fanatic. He's like, god damn it. <laughs> like, The Fanatic's with De Niro and Snipes. He's like, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, so. Let me talk about Tony Scott for 20 minutes. Not great. Um, but I think it was a cross between it. And it's, it stinks because this movie has the outline of a great movie. You know, it's got a great cast. De Niro, Snice, Leguizamo, Bark. I mean, it's got a great cast. A lot of, lot of heavy hitters. A lot of heavy hitters. A lot of former hitters. MVPs. So we got, even in small parts, we got Kurt Fuller. We got Jack Black. Right. Uh, Benicio Del Toro. Oh, I forgot Jack Black. Uh, baseball Tonight's John Crux mullet. Um, it's just for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, a, a, a yeah. lot. So it's got a great cast. I thought it had a great soundtrack. The music is something. Not appropriate for the scenes that they were in, but I was still jamming out and singing along. We'll get with, there. With the, with, with the 90s hits, 80s, 90s hits. No, it, it has two songs. It has Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones yeah. because Gil Renard, 
Pitt's character is also obsessed with Mick Jagger and like quote unquote knows Mick Jagger, and and like a techno remix of of uh, of what the fuck's the name of the song by Nine Inch Nails? I wanna fuck closer by by sure. Nine Inch Nails. I dug it. Okay, that's what I remember is digging the music. It's one of the many things I hate about this oh. movie. Uh, I mean, if I closed my eyes and I just heard it, I mean, I'd be like, yeah, that's good music. It's, it's but just, like I said, not appropriate just for where they put yeah, it. It's just so loud. It, so here's the problem. So the scenes are very loud. Like, everything is very abrasive and too much. Well, because they're the New York Giants, right? It's New York. It's the San Francisco oh, no, Giants. I, I'm aware. I'm just being funny. <laughs> <laughs> What's We're wrong? Never doing this again. What's wrong, man? Man, it might be worth giving up the mulligan at some point. I don't know. I love you so much. I love baby. you so much. You're the light of my life. Uh, Why didn't you sound f- for real? So the music is loud on top of loud scene- scenes, <laughs> and then the music that they're using is just not appropriate, and it's just incredibly jarring. So, the, and it, the movie starts out really slow. It yeah, takes a while a to t- get to the meat it's of a, this. It's a two hour, it's, well, it's an hour and f- 56 minute movie. Yeah. And the first like 40 minutes are just are like laying just... the ground, groundwork of what's going to happen. Right. And you know exactly where it's going to go. So then once we were finally there, the last like 30, 40 minutes, it is like it so rapid up. fire and it so, picked up. and so mm-hmm. like at a breakneck pace that like we literally thought we were missing scenes right. on demand and had to cross reference it because it's like, Wait, oh, so he so he kidnapped the son. Okay, now they're in the car. Now they're here. Okay, they're at the game already? It's the eighth inning already? Like, it's right. just too right. and this movie, much. There was a lot of passage of time, but they didn't do anything to show the passage of time. Right. Because, yeah. like, when he picked, um, when Wesley Snipes' character picked up his son from the airport, he had the little tiny puppy. Right? Like, he fit in the shirt. That's how tiny that puppy was when he yeah. picked him up at the airport. Oh, and yeah, then... I didn't think of that. I didn't yeah, even notice that. No, I did. And then it's a big-ass dog <laughs> swimming in the ocean. So, yeah, I don't know how much of and the season right? has gone by. So, like, you should right. be able to judge it by the season. At one point, exactly. like, early on, Rayburn's, like, you know, opening day, I think, was, like, one or two months ago. So, that's uh, opening day, I think, is, like, in April. I don't watch baseball that much anymore. Or at all, really. Um, so, like, they're in the summer... And then I don't remember when Primo gets killed. So it's basically like like most of the seasons. But I don't know how fast like dogs grow. I didn't even notice that or think of that. Right. Well, I mean, they I think that they may grow pretty fast, but I mean, pretty fast, but not that fast, you know? Like mm-hmm. uh, so so I'm not sure what that time frame looks like. But it still took a while to get there. So you know, that that kind of was a negative for the film. Yeah, it took a while to get there by... So the movie starts with, like... Establishing with, De Niro. Establishing, establishing De Niro. Well, it starts nice. with, like, the credits, and, like, he's reading this, like, baseball poem. I didn't know this was based on a book, either. I don't see how this is based on a... That sounds like a Dean Koontz, like... How many Dean Koontz books have you read? Zero. So how do you know what his genre of book is? Because I can just like I feel like I walk down a, a aisle of books and it'd be like Dean Koontz baseball murder diaries or something. I don't I know. Don't, I don't know if that's accurate. I feel like it is. Um, well, Dean Koontz, if you listen to this show, email us at marriedwithmovies at gmail and let us know. No, if you have I don't even want to read your email. Just baseball don't, don't, don't murder do diary. I don't even want. I won't books. read anything you give to us, Dean Coons. I or will. I could buy from you. We go right ahead. Um, so yeah, so it establishes, you know, he's a knife salesman and he's divorced and his wife rightfully hates him because he's so weird and And not a great dad. Not a good dad. He's just obsessed with... Baseball. He's obsessed with... And you find out, like, basically at the end of the movie, he's obsessed with, like, the best moment of his life, essentially. Like, he... His peak. His peak in life was, like, hitting this, like, game winner in some Little League game. And he always goes back to, like, baseball is the tide at him with referencing, you know, the best player we ever saw is his catcher, Coop, who... you know, is not a friend or not a even somebody that he keeps in touch with. Which you find right. out later on, right? And it was Little League. Like yes. I, so I did like that twist of it because I hadn't seen this movie before. So watching for the first mm-hmm. time, right? You don't find that out until 
the height of the drama. Yeah. So, you know, you, you build the characters out. He's starting to go off of the edge, if you will. He murdered somebody. He, then he's kidnapped the son and gone to find Coop, right? And who he's referenced before in the movie as, you know, his confidant or the best ball player he's ever seen, somebody who, who gives great advice, and went, went to see him. And then you find out it was Little League. Yeah. And that that was like, oh, my gosh. Because I don't think that's ever revealed until that point. No. But the way he talks, the way he sometimes, oh, yeah, he used to play, mm-hmm. you know? And so I mean, he talks about himself. He talks well. about himself, like, with, with such, like, like, delusions of grandeur and things yeah. like that. Um, I, I liked that twist. Of it, I thought that that was an interesting uh, twist on it, and an interesting way to uh, have the the have the character, you know, have that obsession stem from it. But it takes a long time to get there. Yes, <laughs> and you're and you're stuck with just a lot of characters and people that you don't want to spend time with because everyone just has an attitude or is loud or is mean. Everybody has so like, a character flaw. Everybody does. Not as much that. Like, nobody has a positive trait. So Nobody's like, like Bobby Rayburn, like, so he loves his son. You know, like, and that's right. that's fine, I guess. And, like, he kind of has, like, a metamorphosis, like, throughout the movie. Not that he's necessarily even, like, a bad guy. He's just a dick. He, yeah, he's just, he's just a rich, cocky, you know... Ah, see, now you're starting to get into it now. It's real hard. Uh, like a rich, cocky, you know, like superstar. Right. He knows he's good at what he does. Yeah. and That's that. But then you're also just surrounded by, you know, like the John Leguizamo, like, agent character, like, really ultimately means nothing. The Ellen Barkin uh, sports reporter character ultimately means ball nothing. Ball buster. Yeah, yeah, the ball buster. Um, like, ultimately doesn't mean nothing. It's just we needed a couple more, like, famous people in this movie, I guess. Right. Um... My biggest problem with the movie, and I don't want to speak ill of the dead, is Tony Scott. Uh, I'm not a Tony Scott fan. Never have been, which is crazy because we, the, his best movie, in my opinion, is one we've already done for the podcast, which is True Romance. And you can like tell that he does True Romance with this. He has a very specific style of directing where he's obsessed with shooting like cars and bridges and quick... Here's how I described a Tony Scott movie. It's a Michael Bay movie with a bit of a brain to it. So, like, okay, it's a lot fair. of style, not a lot of substance, and any substance you're getting is not coming from his vision at all. Um, you know, and that might be blasphemous. I mean, he did Top Gun. He did Crimson Tide. Uh, I, I like Unstoppable as a movie. Um, a lot of people like Man on Fire. You know, well, like, I like Man on Fire. You know, and I thought he, that was a great movie with Denzel. That's fine. Uh, it's fine. Um, again, my biggest gripe of that movie is the way that it looks and the way that it's shot and the way that it kind of, like, develops. And this one, like, definitely falls in that category of it just being, you know, it goes from one scene to the other without much of a transition. Right. So much so that we had to be like, did we miss something? Yeah, It's very abrupt. It does too much of the stuff that I feel like if it peeled back on, it'd be fine. So, like... It's got a decent amount of tension to it, and that's good. Yes. You need this. But at a certain point, it, it stacks on to like the opening day scene. Like, there's just too much of it because you have, he keeps looking at his watch like every 20 seconds, and the camera's right in on the watch. Right. Then as, you have the busybody's face. Then you have. And then you have the lady. Yeah, then you the have the lady. With, yeah, the yeah. lady with the hat, like watching like the relationship with his son. Then you have the arguments he's getting into with. The people behind him. And then MC Ganey behind them, yelling at them. Then you yeah. have, like, Rayburn's uh, uh, anxiety with him, like, you know, colliding with Primo in the audience. And him mi- losing the number 11 pendant. And his injury. And it's like, oh, my God. I, like, I, I get, get it. I get it. Like, yeah. maybe space a couple of those things out to make it seem, like, realistic. And also to not overwhelm like your audience, right? Because trying to follow all of those things, I just got is... over. I just got over being correct by recognizing Aaron Neville. 
Neville's voice. Yeah. We're sitting there and I was like, is that fucking Aaron Neville saying, oh, that's just sound like Aaron Neville. And then. I'm sorry? It just sounds like Aaron Neville. That's pretty good. Thank you. How's it going, Samantha? It's not as good as Rich's, but it's okay. <laughs> good. Okay, gotta go. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I'm like, Aaron Neville. Like, he just he shows up with this like, big ass mole. I gave birth, and this is the hardest thing I've ever done. And then I noticed John Cruck, who's just like, ultimately, just like, a, like not a worthless baseball player, but it meant nothing, and just was on ESPN for like yeah. 15 years as a baseball analyst. Yeah. He's the one that gets like, sh- like his throat slit at the end of the movie, and I'm like, okay, cool. They killed, they killed John Cruck. That's worth it. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like, like, you have part of that stuff. Okay. We're looking pretty good. Same thing later on. So, um, I like the scene where, um, I, I like the stretch where, you know, he's spying on the family and he saves the son. I don't like how we got there because they were the worst stunt doubles. Oh, it didn't even look like Wesley Snipes. There's literally a close up on a guy for five seconds, like in the water. I'm like, that wasn't Wesley Snipes. No. But it's supposed to be Wesley Snipes trying to save his son in the water. De Niro the saves the son, and he gets like invited in, and then like that's the scene that kind of pivots it away because that's when we turn into the fanatic a little <laughs> right. bit. Right. Well, when we when we finally when Gil De Niro's character finally you know he supported him through all this time, the slumps, he's killed a human being for him. He just wants recognition. He's starting to get a little irritated, but by being accepted and welcomed in, you know they have a couple conversations. He impersonates you know, somebody else because he doesn't want to be recognized because they have spoken on the phone a few times before through the talk radio thing. Um, like, like finally getting those two interacting and they're the two best parts of the movie. Like sure. they're, they're, they're both of their performances. Each of them have a couple of moments where I don't like some choices that they right, make. But then some of them have, they have some standout scenes. They have some standout scenes. Like that's really, really good. And I'm like, okay, yeah. finally we're here. And then the scene where like they're, or he's pitching to him. It's just like, that, it's just too much. I liked that scene. I like it, but there's like no like su- uh, like there's there's an attempt at subtly to it, and well, the subtly is so subtle that it becomes overbearing. Well, I think the tenseness of the conversation also goes back to the poem in the beginning. I think it directly correlates because part of that poem in the beginning that De Niro has the the voiceover for mm-hmm. talks about how you know you're playing for the fans. That's something that Denier firmly believes. And then during their conversation, it comes out that that uh, Rayburn doesn't believe that, even though he said it in interviews or whatever the case is. You know, the only person you should play for is yourself because, you know, the fans don't realize you're the same person whether you're hitting or not. You know, I thought that that was... was Correct in a way, they turn against you when when you know you stop hitting, and yeah, you know that's not. Or they move away, or and they, they win right. titles somewhere else. Exactly, and then like, I like, no like huh? I said I have no idea what I'm personally referencing there, but right, yeah. right. No, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you know, whether it's baseball, basketball, whatever the sport. Um, so I, I liked the tenseness of that because I. You know, I, I think that it helped move along. Finally. Finally. The tension and escalate it to the next level. And follow the, the poem from the beginning, which is obviously laid out as something that is pivotal. Otherwise, why would they read it at the beginning? Yeah. And then you're kind of like off to the races for the last half an hour mm-hmm. of just, like you said, like the Little League reveal and then... The coke, the coop scene is like just incredibly odd and weird. So is like the phone conversations that he's having with Rayburn. Like they're yes. like layered. Like there's still a level of like Rayburn understanding that he is crazy before like finally like like breaking down and being like, "Where the fuck is my son?" You know, like right. trying to play the game a little bit. Um, I like the actor that played Coop. I thought he did a good job at like showing. Like like dealing with that scene and then like, like trying the to help the kid and then trying to help the kid and everything and mm-hmm. kind of ultimately how he goes down. Um, the end is absolutely bonkers. It's like so 
crazy. So there's two main pieces of the movie that ultimately really, for me, have it tilt more towards the, the, the side of bad. Because, like, everything we've been talking about, De Niro and Snipes are both very, very good. Uh, I, I even say Leguizamo and Barkin are, are good, like, in their performances. Yeah. They're ultimately worthless characters. Right, right, right. And, like, but all I their, what they did with it all their scenes are just transitional scenes that we weren't sure if they were in the right place or not because of the poor pacing. Right, and not like them. And, like, how visceral they are. Right, not on them. Like, like, she does a good job at interviewing him at the bar, but then the next thing I know, um, I see De Niro on the beach with binoculars, like, watching the family, and then he's at a different bar that they frequent, like a titty bar, and he's, like, eavesdropping on Benicio Del Toro and Wesley Snipes, like, fighting in a bathroom. And then the next thing we know, he's, like, following Benicio Del Toro to the sauna. Into sauna. So that, I liked that scene. Which scene? I didn't, no, I'm sorry. I didn't like that scene. Yeah, you need to. Mm-hmm. So I was going to get into like, well, here. so I said the two things I didn't. Don't blame the, the glasses on you not being able to see. The uh, what you said, like, let me fix my glasses here. Is what you just right, said, but, you, but you're like, don't blame your glasses on you not being able to see. That's the direct correlation. I need them to see. No, they're brand new. They're not foggy or anything. No, but I need to get used to them. I said they were different prescriptions. Get used to fucking what? Oh shit. <laughs> There are different prescriptions. So my contacts were like negative two. Oh, negative okay, two point five. This it. is negative one and a half. Negative one point seven five is not as strong. My eyes have to work harder. <laughs> What's wrong? Are you biting your tongue? Are you bleeding? No, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> um, you will be before the end of this, I bet. As long as I don't get stabbed in the leg. So oh the two God. the two things I hate. So the scene in the sauna where De Niro like confronts Benicio del Toro's character, who's like the rival player on the same team. He has uh, Snipes' number. He for he was forced out of his position, and he's the one that's carrying the team when Rayburn's going through the slump. Like he just won't give up the number because he has it like. Branded or tattooed branded. on his sh- branded on his shoulder. He's from, number eleven. He's number eleven. So like they have this like disagreement. But but like, De Niro's in there in or Gil. I'm sorry, the characters in there in a, in like his a full, full suit, suit and a sauna, sweating. Yeah, I imagine that's like what Rich's life is like. Samantha, that's horrible. No, that's Dan Carpell's life. <laughs> Rich Rich has lost a lot of weight, and Dan Carpell's not fat at all. But Dan Carpell <laughs> sweats <laughs> licking a stamp. Uh, so. <laughs> Why should we mean to other people instead of? Oh, that's a great idea! Oh my god! Should've done that from the beginning. Love it! Oh Wasted my god! Wasted half an hour. Oh, better than wasting seven years of your life, right, Augie? No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say about me, and I was like, we just said. No. That would have been great. <laughs> immediately, you're like, we mean to other people. I was immediately in the But uh. So, like, yeah, so he's, like, sweating his balls off, and, like, he leaves, but, like, he didn't actually leave then and there. But like, it's interspersed, like, he's walking out, and it's interspersed with, like, what just happened, that they're, like, I wasn't sure if it was a dream. Right, I said the same thing, I was like, did he, is, is he dreaming, or, like, is he, like, imagining that this is what yeah, he did? No, he legitimately attacks, he le- legitimately attacks yeah. Benicio de Toro and the sauna, they have a skirmish, and Benicio de Toro gets, like, stabbed in the leg, in in the the artery. I guess it must have been the artery. I don't know because then the, he just then it was, dies. Yeah, well, no, because that that scene of the knife sticking out of his thigh with the blood spurting out of it and De Niro's face, yeah. you just see the blood spurting out. It must have been his his. What is that called? The femoral. Co- femoral carotid. I don't know. No, the carotid is in your heart. Didn't you watch Girl Interrupted? <laughs> no. That I think is a good movie. We should watch that. Okay. What? I thought you were getting ready to be mean to me, and I was very no. excited. No, no, I just asked if you watched a movie. No, about the artery stuff. No, no, but that's the quote from the movie: "The carotid is oh, in I, your heart, I, I don't know. or in your throat, or whatever." Sure. Uh, in your neck. So, but like in your thigh. So, like maybe have him get stabbed in the stomach or the chest or the neck or something that like well, no, you I recognize th- enough 
Well, I think that... Because him just, like, him getting stabbed in the leg and him, like, sitting there and, like, slowly slumping down was hilarious. Yeah, that... For all the wrong reasons, and it just played very poorly. Because also, the lighting is terrible. It's, like, yeah. all fucking red. The Trent Re- Reznor is blaring, which sucks. Trent Reznor's, like, like literally the preeminent great, like, like film composer right now. Like, he's gonna be nominated for two Oscars in the same year for Soul and for fucking Mank. And he already has for Social Network and Watchmen, and you know wow. he's gonna have an EGOT, and he's amazing. And then she knows it's a great band, but when it's like, yeah, yeah, bada, bada. oh god, <laughs> I did it again. Okay? Yeah, I did the Beetlejuice thing where I made loud noises, but my body wasn't ready for it. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing. I can't do that. So it's the femoral artery is the one in your thigh. When that's cut, I didn't care. You die because all of your blood bleeds out. Of your leg? That sucks, man. Yeah, ha- depending on how the femoral artery is severed, a person can slip into unconsciousness and die within a few minutes. So, I think that's what they were going for. It just it just didn't appear just didn't that way. It just didn't come off that Plus, way. you're having to deal with Benicio Del Toro's mumbling bullshit. <laughs> mumbling, and I just, I thought he died so poorly. So I thought... He's probably he's my the, LVP. He's he probably my is. LVP. I have one other case. No, but I think it's more so a character case and not a performance case. Yeah. And we'll get to his it in a second. His performance. I mean his his character was supposed to be this charismatic guy who yeah. was a little stubborn, but right, you know, like was the hero of the ballpark. But I just thought that I couldn't understand anything he said. It's just him doing. Him. Yeah, just him doing his mumbly bullshit. Being, being before, himself. but it's like like you can't do that for that character. Like, right. I'm I not gonna like, run down yet, but he, he probably is. No, I would. I just thought that he also looked ridiculous. Looked <laughs> like I don't awful. even see this little turtle with like blondish hair. I said he was so bad, and in that bathroom scene too, he yeah. was really awful. The way he took that punch, it was not convincing. <laughs> he did not convince. That's like the die. stunt coordinator's problem. So don't blame him. So that 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 scene. It, it, on top I of, didn't like that. So that scene, I, I want to get back to the beginning before I get back to the end. So the beginning also, like, it's just so loud and abrasive because you just have scene after scene after scene of arguments and shouting. So you have, like, Gil picking up his son before the game. Then you have, like, Gil at the uh, at his work where, like, his, his partner or his boss is using the knives to stab a car door for no reason just to show, like, how good they are. And then you have, like, Rayburn's, uh, well, I guess Rayburn wasn't shouting at the kid with cancer that told him to hit a home run for him. Oh, my God. But you just have, like, all these little short scenes, like, together at the beginning where I'm like, what is this building up to and leading, you know? Like, let's just fucking get to it. Then, you know, Gil buying the tickets and, like, him and the scalper, like, yelling at each other. And then uh, later after, like, the opening day, Gil, like, forcing his way into the house and locking himself in his son's room and all of that. Like, it's yeah. just so... Him, the, the fucking terrible... Fucking, this is the scene that made me think the Michael Bay thing was when he goes to the store to pitch the guy on the knives and the guy that runs the store is just, just not interested. He's watching the titties on the monitor and he's still doing the pitch. And, and then, then he's then like, they just, you fucking fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's just so bad, which is, uh, De Niro is great in this movie for just, like, randomly, verbally being very violent and aggressive. I think so, that was the tick. That was the tick So that's the tick. So, like, he has something, like, when he's on the way to the game with his son, and he's, like, singing along to the Rolling Stones, which is an experience in and of itself, is Robert De Niro singing the Rolling Stones. You go, baby. And, uh, it's also fun to hear him talk about Bobby the whole time, and that's what all of his friends call him, is Bobby. But, uh, do they really? Yeah, everyone, everyone in the business that knows him, like his friends with him, calls him Bobby. No one calls him Robert. Um, they Bobby, yeah, Bobby, what's going on? Bobby, head us up. Um, not you, Dean Coons. Fuck you, Dean Coons. But no, for real though, uh, Bobby De Niro, uh, I think I've said before on this podcast, you remind me of my grandfather, and uh, it would be an honor to meet you. Uh, email me, marriedwithmovies at gmail.com. Hit me up on IG. Slide into my DMs on Instagram at Jam with Your Sam. Is Robert De Niro on your list? No, that's weird. No, that's weird. I just said he reminds me of my grandfather. <laughs> I thought. What? <laughs> I knew you, I knew you were going to the Jam with Your Sam thing, but. You thought I was about like my personal email. Yeah, I don't know. What it's like not to... hard to figure out, yeah. but. Uh, but anyway, so like 
his son says, you know, oh, my, my friend says that, my friend's dad says that. I have it right my here. My friend's dad says that. Uh, the, Fuck you, Jason Pellegrini. I'm going to do, that's the friend's name. You wrote down the friend's yeah, name? Yeah, Jason Pellegrini that I was thinking, because at first I was on De Niro's side, like at the, because that happened at like the very beginning. Well, yeah, Before yeah. you got into a lot of the, the, the neuroses of the character. So at the very beginning, you know, it seemed like he was just a dad trying to share baseball with his son, helping him with the tryouts. And the son's just like, well, Jason Pellegrini said da 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 So the, Jason like, Pellegrini said da like, His dad said that Mick Jagger is like gay or something. He probably yeah. said a different word. He's like, yeah, well, he, well his dad it, takes up the a, fucking ass. And I was like, <laughs> one of my favorite things in movies I finally figured out is when People like the mean that. dad insists on another dad getting fucked in the ass. So they're... To their like to their to to a, to a child. Yeah. If Colin Farrell does on True Detective season two, Rob De Niro does on the fan. I'm gonna officially make a list from here on in of every time that a man is aggressively angry at another dad. It's his butthole. It's very very. It's a really weird subset fetish that I have. <laughs> Not like sexual, just in my movie watching. Sure. So like you have. Well, didn't we have to think about the butts too? What butts? Weren't you gonna rank the butts? Oh, the best the man men's butts? butts. Yeah, but we haven't. Yeah, I just forgot. I dropped the ball on that. I apologize, everybody. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'll go back and rewatch all like 400 movies we've watched. And You're so, this look for the butts. Well, no, just go to a website that tells you where the man butts are in films. So, is Mr. Skin still a thing? <laughs> I'll have to ask um, or, or research it. So you have all of that that leads into like the fuck the you, movie. Jason Pellegrini. <laughs> Jason Pellegrini, but the the end of the movie is the most absurd scenario. So. He he insists on Rayburn hitting a home run for him, or else he's gonna kill his son. I I know there's probably a line in there, right? Like there was a line at some point that was like, like you can't like tell the other team or something, or like I got you got to actually so I earn thought it. The same thing. Because I'm like, why don't you just tell the other team? Like, right? Hey, I the same thing. Hey, so my the, my kid got like. Uh, kidnapped, kidnapped and he's gonna die can you just give me like an 80 mile an hour fastball no. down the middle or so, something so, the, so he did say if if the other team takes it easy on you I'm gonna kill him anyway something like that's, that that's okay I knew so, there was something but, but, but it was still, still bullshit told, yeah. right but you still could have told them and said look he said he's gonna kill my son don't, don't intention it, don't intentionally don't walk, walk me. me. Don't take it easy on me yeah, but just please give me let me try that to I can hit. right please let me try to hit even like so like like he's like the best best ball player. I turned to Matt Levin's dad. <laughs> he's he's the best. He's the best the baseball player in the, in the game. He's got the most amount of money. So you just give him like the a, a hittable pitch. You don't underhand throw to him like he's a t-ball player. You know, like make it believable. So and it's the pouring rain. And like the whole suspense of the game's gonna keep going on or not is ridiculous. And then. De Niro is the umpire. <laughs> is... Right. Oh, wait, but but then the reporter knows what's happening, but seems to be the only one who knows. Well, how did, did they, they lumped her into it? Like, she's not part of the police. I know. So, like, the police are at his house, like, helping, like, try to track the calls, which was maddening, because they're like, we got it narrowed down to, like, what county he's in. Like, it's 1995. You don't have anything better than this film? He's in a car. Three he, years he, later in Rush Hour, phone. they knew exactly what building he was in. It's a fucking car phone. There's got to be satellites for that. So, so. My grandmother used to have a car phone in her Rolls Royce. I'm sorry, she doesn't have a car phone still now. Your grandmother seems like the kind of person that would have a wired car phone. Don't uh, be mean to my grandmother. She is not you, so it counts. <laughs> and I saw her drive just this past weekend. She probably has a wired car phone in her car, no, and that's no, why no. she was driving so slow. That's a new-ass car. She doesn't even know all the features she has. Good. It drives itself. It could drive itself. That's horrifying and probably for the best. So, <laughs> But she doesn't know how to turn it off. So on. she's still on the air. By the way, why is she on the air? She's, she's calling commentary, like play-by-play -play for the game. But normally those like sports talk radio things are like opinion shows, which is what we see her do all the time. But she, I'm getting really into the minutia of this here. She, she's that good. She, the ball buster, baby. But she still has people calling in during the game? Ball buster, baby. Ridiculous. That's what they do in San Francisco, I guess. So she calls him and she's like, she knows he's in the in the building. But again, at what point was she clued into this? Also, why is Bobby Rayburn's agent sitting next to her during all the games? It's just... All the little, like, sports things here make no sense. Wow. Right down to, 
an inside the park home run attempt that works. If a ball bounced off the wall, that's like a triple at best. Um, but Rayburn's got good speed. He's fast as Willie Mays Hayes. It's true. So very, very funny. We haven't <laughs> done Major League yet. God, I can't wait till we do it. I can't wait. Uh, oh, Snipes. do we have to do two as well? Oh, yeah. And, and three. Uh, we're going to get to Major League here in a second. And Major League back to the minors, unfortunately. Uh, cool. Cool, man. So. Cool. Careful. Sarcasm counts. Uh, I wasn't saying that about you. I was saying that about Major League back to the minors. So That's bad. not mean to you. So it's like a negative four on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> Somebody in the movie wrote a bad review about it. That's what it means when you have a negative review. But um, uh, no, my point is I have to get back to Major League in a second. Um, Wesley Snipes is like maybe like one of the most famous like sports actor movies. Like you figure he had Major League. White Man Can't White Jump. White Man Can't Jump and this. But like by all accounts, horrible athlete. Like not I'm fast sure. at all. I'm sure. Like was probably more akin to Wong Fu than any of the sports movies. <laughs> even. even though, like, he looks the part. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so it's hard he's to like got always the build of an athlete. Now knowing that, yeah, he's a muscular guy. Now, like watching this and being like, oh man, like the camera, all the baseball shots also suck. Like every time, like a fly ball was hit, it, like they couldn't shoot it properly. They had to like digitize it. I feel like. In 1995? Yeah, so it looked like it looked like fucking a Keanu Reeves sci-fi movie every time a baseball got <laughs> fucking hit. So he gets called to the plate, and like De Niro's the umpire, and just like a brawl, mass hysteria breaks out. The other team gets involved. I think the other team's like pulling him off of the umpire. It's like you to clue the other team in. I know. Like he's not gonna fucking well, know. And then then Robert De Niro had a knife and was trying to stab him. Of course. He he well he slits the throat of well he stabs Rayburn in like the shoulder. In the arm. And then he slits the throat of John Crook's character. Um And what happened to that umpire? Well that umpire is definitely dead as well. Um so then I, I kinda like like the end when like De Niro's monologuing, the cops are are standing off, Rayburn's trying to get information about his son. Ultimately, you know, he gets gunned down. Snipes is, like, yelling at him, you know, to give the answer. The final line of De Niro sucks. Where he's like, I just wanted to thank you or something. It's like, you couldn't come something better. He doesn't get redeemed at all. The thing, that, the thing that normally happens with these movies, so, like, you mentioned King of Comedy, and you mentioned, uh, like, The Fanatic, or even if you want to go down the wormhole of, like, Joker or Falling Down or, like, these, I'm going to say anti-hero movies, but that's not the case. These... You know, these charismatic psychopath movies. Yeah. That De Niro basically made a living off of the first, like, five years of the 90s. Because you have this, Cape Fear. Uh, I know there's another one I'm forgetting. Uh, That obsessive stalker type. Yeah, like, like, like they're they're either, like, totally unredeemable or, like, there's a glimmer that we're, like, you're almost kind of rooting for them, right? Because of how good the performance is. And De Niro, like, doesn't, like, he kind of falls, like, right in the middle of both in this because... He's kind of sympathetic, I guess. At the beginning. At the beginning is because he's just... And then the further it goes along, the yeah. less and less sympathy you have. Because he goes off the deep end. In that moment, I feel like it's built up for him to, like, like not save the day, but at least be like, you know, I just wanted you to play better. Or, like, say, like, you know, like, at least tell them where the kid is. Like, do something good. But no, he just dies. And then the kid gets found. And then you see, like, his crazy lair. And then, like, that's kind of it. So, yeah. so like, we had a lot of build-up to this batshit ending that just doesn't fly in a realistic realm or, well, yeah, or world I think, whatsoever. So, so then I also want to add, I guess when he killed Primo, mm-hmm. he carved the branding off of him. And left it in Rayburn's fridge. And left Rayburn's it in fridge. Rayburn's fridge. Fridge, and I thought that was gross. So also, like, he didn't know that he was going to, like, have to save his son drowning. So was he just keeping that in, like, his pocket or his jacket yeah, the whole yeah. time? Like, like he a was little, just holding it in a, a baggie? Or something. I don't really know. But that was really disturbing. Yeah. I, which which goes to, like, build up, like, the aura of the character. Right, right, right. And but, how crazy he became. But... De Niro does a better job of that with his performance. So De Niro is my pick for the MVP. I agree. I agree. I think, I just think because he did such a great job. I mean, even the line delivery of some of the killer lines in this, um, when he's having the conversation over the phone, you know, he said something like, you know, uh, Snipes asked, you know, what do you want? Like, what is it that you want? And De Niro said, you know, 
I want them to think of me every time they think of you. Yeah. Or something like that. And I thought that he just delivered it so spot on. Yeah, he definitely like, had some great lines. It was really, like, it creeped the, me the fuck out. Like, it was real creepy. And he's, he's a method actor. I think so I read something about stuff. how he was listening to a stalker, like like some autobiography or something like that of mm-hmm. a stalker who ended up going on to kill some woman. And, like, it freaked out somebody. So I had it pretty close between him and Snipes because I felt Snipes was, of course, charismatic. Yeah. I felt he did. He was good at some of the emotional Uh scenes and stuff. But, like, the scene that they were in together is what clinched it for De Niro for me because he just outclassed him at any sort of nuance. And also, like, like, his looks can turn on a a fucking dime. So, like, he just, like, raises the eyebrows or turns his head... Or he was doing, like, you know, um, like, the neck thing. Like, it's so (coughs) perfect for, like, that character that he was able to at least make that character be so ominous and foreboding, despite the story really not doing him any favors. Yeah, but I think that Snipes held his own in that conversation with him pitching to him. Like, when he was like, you know what, I just want to thank you for saving my son. Oh, Are he, you gonna give me my hand back? Like he, I, I think like he did a great like. I think I'm he gonna did get a, the fuck out of here. Right, right, you know? right, right. I think yeah. he did a great job with it too. So I think that that's a close. Snipes, Snipes is gonna get his MVP at some point, but it's not here. De Niro, this is his third MVP. So he joins um, other three-time MVPs are Carl Weathers, uh, Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone, and Robin Williams. The only people that have more MVPs now are uh, Bill Murray with four, Samuel L. Jackson with four. Hugh Jackman with four, James McAvoy with four, and then, of course, the one uh, individual that has uh, more than them, uh, Tom Hanks, with five. So De Niro getting getting up there in terms of uh, the MVP count. Um, talked about Leguizamo, an, another former multi-time MVP, who's good in this, but you know, ultimately not not the choice. Ellen Barkin, same. Kurt Fuller doesn't get much, much to do. You know, other people we've highlighted. LVP... It's almost definitely Benicio Del Toro, as we highlighted. I have to mention this one character, because to me, it's just like the saddest sad sack ever is fucking Tim, the the stepdad. So man, poor Tim. He's like in three scenes where like he's you know like the I'm trying my best stepdad, you know, trying to be nice to the actual dad while also like keeping him at an arm's length. And every scene, like when De Niro's like unhinged, yelling, you know, forcing his way in, uh, going on to the, uh, like the baseball tryout field, which that scene's excruciating to watch because it's so like, it's so like, you know that's happened to people before. Like it's so real, despite like how heightened it is. This guy, every time his wife's just yelling at him like, Tim, Tim this, Tim call the cops, do this. And like it just cuts Leslie! in. Leslie, Leslie, it just, Leslie! It always like cuts back to me. He's just like, well, yeah. <laughs> he's just such like a dumpy he, he fucking was just like. A dip oh. shit. He was just a dipshit. He's just he's just a dipshit. And like I I know that's probably just the way the character was written. That actor couldn't do anything. Why are you biting yourself about a dopey dipshit? No, no comment. Wasn't the name? That sounds no that's, comment. It sounds like a very very offensive Jewish like lawyer skit character. I'm dopey dipshits. Um. Yeah, I just had to point out like what a fucking worthless pile of crap he was. But again, that's more so the character. The performance of Benicio del Toro leaves a lot to be desired, yeah. so he is the LVP of the okay, movie. Good. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe that is his second LVP. Really? Because yes, he was the LVP for Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yes. So he will join the multi-time LVP list, which um, is nowhere near as large as the multi-time MVP list. Two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, seventeen people on the list. Nobody has more than two. I'm excited to see who the first three-time LVP will be. Um, very well could be Benicio Del Toro. You don't know. But, uh, yeah, he just doesn't fucking... He just doesn't play the part of a fucking baseball superstar well at all. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a bad thing. Um, I have to point out 
something I did I never knew about this movie that was a total geek out moment for me. The the climatic final like at plate at bat for Rayburn. Uh, I through all this catcher's gear. I'm like, who the fuck? I know that guy. And then he talks, and I'm like, son of a bitch. Who is? It's it's Rube. It's uh the Eric's name is Eric Brusktotter. It's the guy that plays Rube, the catcher, in Major League Two. Like, my favorite part of Major League Two, the dumbass, like, hayseed catcher, yeah. is the catcher in the fan. I'm like, hold on. I never see the back of his jersey. I'm like, is he supposed to be Rube Baker in this? So my brain, like, now wants to connect every baseball movie to every baseball movie. Mm. Good I, luck. I just hope, like, he's just billed as, like, catcher in this. But I'm like... What is it about like, this guy had to play like college baseball or something? Yeah, he became yeah. an actor and is like, well, we need a, That's a catcher. That's my skill set, right? Who, who can squat down for four hours? <laughs> Get called Eric Bruscotter. So I just love that he's the catcher in this. This made me That's cool. Pop. This came out like a year after Major League Two. So I thought that was very, very cool. Is there anything that you are obsessed? Like, it, so if I can ask a dumb Samantha question. I'm sorry? That's like the brand. That's like what it's called. I'm not being dumb, weird. Samantha. Like TM, like you trademark. Yeah. If you were to ever get this point about somebody or something, what would it be like? If you ever got it's you, baby. Oh my. I love you. Come here. You have been barely awake for twenty minutes. That sounded like it was really mean. No, I'm just saying. Like this is when you're gonna. What? So what? What's wrong? Eat my ass. I can't do it. I have to. I have to do what? it. What? 55 minutes. I have to. God damn it. It was so difficult. You should have just ended it when I started falling asleep. And I just started making fun of you while you were asleep. Fine. You get the mulligan. I couldn't do it. Come here. Come here. Got me with kindness. I just love you so much. But you know what? I forgot to mention this. And I, I should have mentioned it earlier because it probably would have made you break earlier. The baseball tryouts in this movie, I think, were the MacGuffin. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely nothing. <laughs> God, I probably would have gotten up and left. You said that earlier. Uh, but Jason, the, Pellegrini <laughs> son of Jason Pellegrini is a MacGuffin in this movie. Is there anything, so like, if you could, it would be what, Taylor Swift probably? No, no. There are people who are like that. I mean, well, there have been articles, it's... people have gotten arrested, everything. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I don't ever think I'll get them. Like, I love Taylor Swift. I think yeah. she's amazing, and I'll support her artistry. I think she's a good person. I'll watch the document, like the, the documentaries that come out about her and stuff like that. But... I'm too lazy to ever get to that point about anybody. Like, I'll follow, like, I'll read, like, the BuzzFeed articles. or sure. You know what I mean? Like, I'll follow that stuff, but no, nah, no. I'm the same. Like, I'm not in that. I'm also the kind of person, like, I've had, like, the opportunity at, like, conventions and things to, like, oh, mm -hmm. like, meet all these, like, famous people. I'm like... I don't, I'm not going to spend $75 to meet the to Red get, Power Ranger. Yeah, to like have somebody <laughs> who just is more rich than me take a picture with me and write their name on a, their picture. You know what I mean? Like, I just won't do that. Like, it's ridiculous. Right. I, it just, it boggles my mind. So, yeah, no, I, I'm the same way. Like, I, I don't get it. But, you know, that's, it's, it's things that people do and whatever makes them happy, I guess. Um, hopefully we're done with, like, fanatic movies <laughs> for a while, you know? Like, obsessed. Well, I did want to say, though, let me see, what is, I did write this, this thing I wanted to share. Um, the downward spiral, like, the obsessiveness, like, how they show that obsessiveness, um, it's shocking how a movie demonstrates like these the extreme ugliness of people, right? Mm -hmm. And it's so relevant today, especially with what's happening. You know, 
obviously the media blows up everything, but this was how long ago? Dude, almost five. 20 years ago. Almost 30. Almost 30 years ago. I Math. You know, I can't, I can't do math. But, um, yeah, it's just crazy how... Obviously, this was a very, very extreme case, but we just said a little bit, you know, people, there are fans, quote-unquote fans, who get to the level where they're stalking, they're breaking into homes. You shared with me something that happened recently to a couple of female wrestlers who mm-hmm. live in the area, the house being broken into. It's been a big thing with wrestling over the past year, specifically some of the, the females. Yeah, like bad. people finding where they live Social and media, going there. A lot of things like people getting like sent stuff to their homes or like getting sent to like, they find out like where they get their nails done or they find out where family members are. Like it's fucking Yeah, so, so, so that is insane to me. Like I feel like we shouldn't get to that level as a society because we have movies like this which are supposed to show you what not to do, yeah. right? What not to get to, but I think that it's just shocking how maybe because of media, it's be, been more prevalent in the last few years and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, if you're listening to this, uh, don't, don't do this. Yeah. Don't kill people and um, don't meet your heroes. What's, how's that quote go? Don't meet your heroes? Because they'll disappoint you? Sure. Unless it's mullet. It makes me... Oh, I can be mean to you now because you're already mean to me. Unless it's mullet and you want him to do an impression of something, that that will not disappoint you. I promise you that. Chip on that water. I'm still going to be nice to you. Uh, you just weren't. Yes, I was. I was think. complimenting you. I said it w- your impressions wouldn't disappoint. There is a very, very, uh, as famous as a subreddit story can be, a moment in a wrestling Reddit where somebody crafted this big, long story about uh, running into Edge at a Books A Million, uh, or like a, some bookstore or something, and like in the restroom, and thought it was him, and like encountered him in the bathroom and like as he was exiting the bathroom he was like even your heroes poop or something like that and it was found out to be like like bullshit like it wasn't true I was like no I, I don't know what books a million is <laughs> and like I would I'm Canadian yeah but also at the same time I was like somebody went to the length to like write that story <laughs> and try to convince people yeah. that they knew this famous That's person crazy. It's like, drives drives me crazy drives me nuts so, anything else on the fan? Um, let me just breeze through my notes here. Um, um, man, I just, yeah, and I think uh, De Niro to solidify that MVP with, I'm going to kill your fucking kid. I just like that delivery of that line was just mm-hmm. creepy and awful, but he just, he, he really did a good job. Um... Yeah, but it, 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 that's all I have. Riveting. Score. Uh, you drew it, so I scored first. I am not a fan of the script. I am not a fan of the direction. I'm not a fan of the pacing. I'm not a fan of the fuck. I'm a fan of the music. I'm not a fan of the music's volume or right. the music's usage. Right. I agree. Correct. That's what I was trying to say before. Yeah. Like I like the music, but not how it was used. Also but because I they also like had the like songs. these whisper effect to it, and you're like, what? oh, I was gonna like, mention like, that. What was just said? And I was like, I think it was the song. No, it I wasn't. I think that it was supposed to be his conscience. That was the other thing I wanted to say. That was that supposed to be his conscience or like the devil on his shoulder or something like that, like telling him the bad things to do. I couldn't, I couldn't discern exactly what it was. Look at me using words like discern on this podcast. These glasses are doing their thing. Acting. I also feel like I'm going cross-eyed though. You are a little cross-eyed. Yeah, because I'm tired. Acting was ultimately fine. I, w- I wouldn't watch it again because it just is a hard watch and it's not a, a, a fun hard watch. So I'm going to give it a four. I'm also giving it a four. I have that written down here. Um, for for most of the, the same reasons, um, 
it had some killer scenes, which we've talked about, and I think that's what really brought the scores up for me. The Nero's delivery and the dynamic between them. I did also like the dynamic between Snipes and Linguizamo. I think they have a lot of chemistry. They had a lot of chemistry in Tu Wong Fu together mm-hmm. in their dresses, um, and they had a lot of chemistry in this movie as well. So, I, I, yeah, I thought, yeah, it was, it was fine. It was nothing I'm going to write home about. And, uh, yeah, just like you, I'm probably never going to watch it again. So, that's good. Well, next week's episode is our Mullet Award winners. Then we have your nomination of Trainwreck. And then we have our next wrap-it-up movie, Deadpool 2. Then we have a movie that was purchased for us. By my by best friend, my best friend Carly, who hasn't revealed yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and then will be this movie. The next one we're randomly drawing out of the box. We have a lot of fun things what in store for, for you over the next uh, few months for the podcast. What are you hoping for? A here? Couple series. I'm still uh, introducing some concepts and some things. So I'm not. Yeah, I was interrupting you. Great. Um, so we might not have as many nominations and as many random movies, but this will be a random movie that we do do. I want a good drama. I'd like a like a animated. We haven't had like a good drama yet. Okay. Uh, I think I know what this is. So it is, I think like a drama D. It's an like an independent like comedy from like the mid aughts, maybe early like twenty tens. The movie is called Jeff, who lives at home. Uh, it is with I believe Ed Helms and Jason Siegel. I'm double-checking. Okay. It's by the Duplass brothers. Okay. Um, and it is Jason Siegel and Ed Helms, yes. Okay, so great. It was a, a 2012 movie, comedy drama, that um, should probably be perfectly fine. Fine. Good. So, that is coming up in, like, five weeks. <laughs> because we are planning in advance for... Why do we do this? Because it gets me excited. I was excited to watch the fan, and now I'm... I'm not. Yeah, and now I realize I've wasted my, my effort, my, my brain, and my breath. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, to go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others in our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe. If you write a review for the podcast, put a movie in there that you want us to watch, and we will watch it 100%. No questions asked, as long as we own it. If you send us a movie... Slide into my DMs so you can get my address, and then we will watch that movie that's bought for us. No questions asked. ArcadeAudio.net, like I said, is the home base for the podcast. Patreon.com slash ArcadeAudio for bonus content there. Facebook.com slash MarriedWithMovies, at MarriedWMovies on Twitter. I did Facebook. Uh, MarriedWithMovies at gmail.com. At Jim with your same on Instagram. At your host, Mullet38 on Instagram for my uh, show for charity Boxing Friends, where I show off my toys and other things that I collect. Arcadeo.net slash Podbloggle for my retro wrestling diary. And Arcadeo.net slash The Mullets. And they have a few days left to get in your votes for the 2020 Mullet Award winners. Anything else, Samantha? No, I think you covered it. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. I love you so much. I love you too. For Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Four eyes. <laughs> You're so mean. I originally was going to hit stop and then immediately say it, but I'm glad I got it on air. Too. Yeah, great. Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at ArcadeAudio.net.